I wonder if I said to you, what's God doing in you? What's God doing in your heart? What's God causing you to think about? I wonder what you'd say. I wonder what you'd say. I wonder where you're at. I wonder if you're thriving. I wonder if you're struggling. I wonder if you question. I wonder if you doubt. I wonder if you're full of faith, full of expectation. I wonder where you're at today. Huh? I wonder if you feel in the depths of despair. I wonder. I wonder where you're at today. How do you feel? What's going on for you? It's a safe place, this, in the presence of the king. A very safe place. And several weeks ago, I, when I spoke, I used a phrase that I would use probably forever in a day. Because I, you know, one touch from the king changes everything. And, you know, when we come together, we're the church, aren't we? It's not the building that's the church. We're the church. We're the body of Christ. We need one another. We need everybody. Everybody that's here is needed and necessary for what we're called to do in a community. You're all needed. And I, I don't know if some of my um, desperation is that there's so many that should be here that are not here for various reasons and probably very okay reasons. Look at Bill. He's not, not here because of rugby. <laughs> <laughs> not that anybody should be condemned by that anyway because if that's your choice that's your choice but and it's perfectly okay all right because it's down to you because your relationship with God is you and God okay you and God okay um but um there are other things that are, can be a distraction and there are other things that will seek to take us off course that instead of our eyes being firmly fixed on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, life will take us to the left and to the right and to the left and to the right until we don't really know what's going on. We're in a pickle. And then we have to decide and make a choice whether we're going to bow the knee and come back to the very place that makes the difference, to the King. Back to the King, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Or are you someone that lets life take you to the left and the right, to the left and the right, and then you make the choices for other people or other situations rather than for the King? I don't know. Who are you? What are you? Which one are you? Which one are you? You know? Because often the choices that are before us often are the ones we'd like to make and the choices we'd like to do. Uh, make the sorry the situation is such that really it looks better it's a better situation if we make the choice that we'd like to make but it's quite a discipline to make the choice that God wants you to make and I think the thing to have our eyes fixed on is this eternal life because our destiny is in him our destiny is eternity this is just a little uh, scene of time a few years in life yeah But we're just passing by because our journey is going to end up in eternity. But, you know, God's glory is in you and in me. God's glory is in you and me. And it's up to you and I to let it out. The power of the spirit that transforms lives is in you. It's in you. And that's what makes the difference on the earth. The Holy Spirit in you is what gives you the power and the unction to function as Christ wants you to function. The Spirit of God is in you. That's what happens when you give your life to him. He comes and he takes up residence. 
in you, in us, in us. We're his body. And every one of you is important. So many of you are important. But I expect there's things ahead of you in your life right now where you could make 101 choices, but the right one. So what are you going to do today? Because one touch from the king changes everything. I don't understand right now why Bill is in excruciating pain with a sciatic nerve issue. He's done what the doctor said, been swimming. He's been on his bike. He's walking. He's doing the right thing. Why is it? I've prayed for healing recently, and people have been healed, miraculously healed. From the littlest thing to the biggest thing, people have been healed. But what is it about us sometimes? You can pray for everybody else and they might get healed. But when yourself is ill or not, not okay, what, what is it? I don't understand. One touch from the king. Why doesn't Bill's sciatic nerve just de- do what it should do? I don't understand it. And the only thing I can think of is that maybe there's something spiritually going on that God wants his attention for something in the place that he's in. Because I don't believe any situation and circumstance that we find ourselves in, even if the devil himself has caused it, all right, we find ourselves in a really hard place. We're a bit stuck. We know we got, shouldn't be there, but we are. But we've got to get out, but we don't know how to get out. The devil is on our case, okay? But God always gives us a way out. Now, I don't think Bill's got the issue with the sciatic nerve because of sin. I don't think he's done anything wrong at all. But what is it? Why is it? Why do I have to be here today? Because God ordained it. Why this morning, when we get up this morning, and Bill can hardly walk, and he said, I'll just go to... I said, what are you doing? Well, I've got to go. I've got to go. I said, well, you have got to go, but shouldn't you do what is right to do? And he said, well, if I do what is right to do, I need to stay here. So what happens? We have to rally round and we listen to God and we be obedient. But I think God makes good out of stuff that's really tough and difficult. And he's always trying to discipline us. He's trying to work in us so that we can fulfill the call of God on our life for this generation. Okay. Because, yes, eternity is ours. That's where we're heading. One day, yeah, we're going to be in eternity forever with him. But while we're on the earth, we're to bring glory to his name. By shining so very brightly, wherever we go, however we feel, we need to be declaring the truth of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Martin brought to us last week about building, about praying and loving. I think that's a strategy. I think that's a pretty good strategy, actually. Building on a solid foundation, praying, led, pardon me, by the Spirit. Praying at all times in the power of the Spirit, is Ephesians 6.13. And, um, and loving, as Jesus says, love. But we're human, aren't we? We're human. And because of life... I think sometimes we, I think we're really quick not to tune in. Tune in to the spirit of God, the power of God, the presence of God, to know what he's saying, okay? We need to build trust in him.
And sometimes circumstances and situations around us in life have really caused us not to trust anybody or anything. And then when you get an amazing father in your life, your heavenly father, it's a whole new ball game to have to put your utter trust in him. And it's a challenge. But he knows your challenges. He knows where you've been. He knows where you've come from, where you are today. And he knows everything that goes on in your life, in your world. But the one thing that he does that I know about him with regard to you and me is that he loves you with a passion wherever you are. He so loves you. You're his kid. You're his child. And you're the best. And there's no one like you. You're the apple of his eye. But he longs for you to surrender and to just lean into him a little bit more, to read more about him, find out about him, share time with other people where you can share the knowledge that you have, they can share the knowledge they have with you, and you grow together. It's an amazing thing. I just I want to read to you um, um, from 1 Samuel 15, okay? Because I find uh, God's an amazing God, and in the word, he gives us pictures and he puts, allows things to be recorded there that will help us in our journeys. So I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read uh, chapter 15 for a minute, okay? One day, 1 Samuel 15. One day Samuel said to Saul, I anointed you king of Israel because the Lord told me to. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, camels and donkeys. So Saul mobilized his army at Telaim. There were 200,000 troops in addition to 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul went to the city of Amalek. (laughs) went to the city of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came. Sorry, hang on a minute. So Saul mobilized, verse 4. So Saul mobilized his army at Telaim. There were 200,000 troops in addition to 10,000 men from Judah. Then Saul went to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Saul sent this message to the Kenites. Move away from where the Amalekites live or else you will die with them. For you were kind to the people of Israel when they came up from Egypt. So the Kenites packed up and left. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He captured Agag, the Amalite king, but completely destroyed everyone. He captured Agag, the Amalite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and the cattle, the fat calves and lambs everything in fact that appealed they kept everything in fact that appealed to them they destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality then the Lord said to Samuel I'm sorry I ever made Saul king for he has not been loyal to me and again refused to obey me Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night early the next morning Samuel went to find Saul someone told him Saul went to Carmel to set up a monument for to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. 
I have carried out the Lord's commands. Then what is all the bleating of sheep and the lowing of cattle I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop, listen to what the Lord told me last night. What was it? Saul asked. And Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they're all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do exactly what the Lord said not to do? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep and the cattle and the plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Obedience is far better than sacrifice. Listening to him is much better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Now, don't ask me how I got there. It's not very often Ellen will use something from the Old Testament, is it? But anyway, that's where we are today because I sense God wants to speak to you and I about this. Okay? Verse 19, why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do exactly what the Lord said not to do? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everything, everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep and cattle and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? your burnt offerings and sacrifice, or your obedience to his voice. Obedience is far better than sacrifice. Listening to him is much better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as bad as worshipping idols. So because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. That was what God had ordained, that he would be king. He had the stature, he had everything about him to be king, to be on mission for the king himself. Yeah, but he did it his way and he was not obedient to God. And I think that it's a challenge to you and I, because I look around and think many of you really, really, really want to love God with all of your heart. You want to build on the solid foundation in your life. You would tell me probably that you pray. Some of you pray much. Some of you pray a little. It doesn't matter, but you pray. You develop your relationship with God. But what's important is the praying is communication. Like me and you talk, laugh, cry, hug each other, listen to each other, get frustrated, get upset. We have a listening ear. You and I do that. That's what we do with God. That's prayer. Prayer changes things. Prayers answered. The prayers of a righteous man is answered. So we have to stay in that place of righteousness 
with him, for him, so that we can achieve all that he wants us to achieve. Now, along the way, there's life lessons. And those life lessons are pretty tough sometimes. And sometimes we don't like the life lessons that we face because we'd rather we didn't have to go through those life lessons. But the life lessons are for purpose. The life lessons are to shape us, mold us, and create in us the pure heart, that we would have a pure heart, a clean heart, clean hands, pure heart. Yeah, Bill's spoken about this. Okay, all right. And that's what God wants of us, that we would be a people that are so in love with him that he is the most important thing. And out of that trust relationship, out of that love relationship, out of that faithfulness to your father, he's faithful to you. And he'll never let you down. He'll never let you go. He knows the desires of your heart. He says in everything, rejoice in him. Everything rejoice in him. Remember, in our tough times where we do battle, it's in our praise. It's in our worship. That's how we fight our battles. That's how we fight our battles. In worship to the king where he comes and he ministers to us and he encourages us and he loves us and he shapes us and he, and he directs us and he helps us. He's there for that because he so wants the people of this community and beyond to know Jesus Christ. But it's through you and I that they get to know Jesus. It's through you and I doing the right thing at the right time and putting ourselves to one side And saying, I don't really like this. I don't like this decision I've got to make. But I choose to make it because I have to trust you, God, more than myself. I have to trust you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and spirit. To trust you. Don't lean on your own understanding. Allow God to change the way you think. So that you can be everything that he wants. So that you can be people that will respond. That you're people of confidence because your confidence is in him. That you're people of faith because your faith is in him. That you're people that love because you understand the sacrifice and the price Jesus paid for you and for me. We're called, Paul calls us to be living sacrifices. Laying our lives before him and being a living sacrifice. I think so many of us, and especially, I think all of us, I was going to say the teenagers and the children that have grown up with all that they grow up with, all the gadgets, the internet, Wi-Fi, Instagram, um, Facebook, all of the stuff that we've got before us now. I think that is one of the biggest robbers of life. Biggest robbers of life. Life in all its fullness. Unless you manage it and it doesn't manage you. And I think this is the day, church, When we start to take on life and don't let the things in life direct our path because Jesus wants to direct our path. The Lord wants to direct your path. I um, I have had quite a uh, I've had a very, very busy week, actually. I've had to be out very early in the morning and I've been needing to go back late. Not that I wanted to, but I've had very long days and um, and Bill hasn't been well in all of that. And that's hard too, because instead of sharing some stuff, we've, uh, I've had to do it because he's not okay right now. And, um, and to be honest, come the end of the week, I was pretty exhausted. And um, if I'm totally exhausted like I felt, on Saturday mornings, Bill leaves me where I lay. 
And he goes and makes me a cup of tea and he'll bring it up. And then he might go back down and he leaves me hoping that I might fall asleep. And then he'll come back with another cup of tea or he'll say, do you want pancakes? He knows the temptation that will cause me to get up. Would you like pancakes? Do you want pancakes and maple syrup? Yes! But can I have it in a minute? Later? <laughs> he is so good to me. But, um, but yesterday morning, I, I just felt that I wasn't going to be robbed because there's so many things I wanted to do. We've got the biggest crop of apples off our Bramley apple tree in the garden uh, that we've ever had. I have a feeling that it's bordering on as much, if not more, than we've had from the orchards here this year. And it's incredible from one apple tree. And the fruit, some of it, the smallest is like this, the biggest is like that. It's huge. And they're whole. And they're really good. There's no wormholes in them. I could tell you a story about that, about Flav up the apple tree. Because we did find that there were some earwigs and wood lice on the apples. And so we hear Flav up the tree saying, ooh, 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 ooh. Yes, Flav, was it right? You got, come on, give us another apple. Come on, Bill was down the bottom of the tree. <laughs> I found some ear lice. I don't like this. Ear lice, there are ear lice everywhere. Ear lice? Ear lice? Well, where's the woodwigs? So now we have woodwigs. It's really good. We have woodwigs and ear lice. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's right, isn't it? I haven't got myself tied up in knots, have I, yet? No. But when we got sorted them out, we have healthy apples. So we've got a ton of fruit. So I want to make some chutney. And I want to make some um, Dorset apple cake for the shop. And I've got so many things I want to do. And I needed to go to Lakeland to get something. And I forgot to do it on the Friday. And then I wanted to go and bless the grandchildren. Because I feel as I've been so busy, I haven't been able to do any of that. And so I got up yesterday morning. Didn't stay in bed. Didn't even have my cup of tea. But actually, Bill wasn't there to do it because he was in agony downstairs. But I got up and I thought, I'm just not going to do this. I'm not going to waste today. I'm going to make today count. I might be tired, but I'm going to make it count. I'm going to get myself up, shower, dress, and I'm going to nip out. And I'm going to do the things that I choose to do because I'm going to take control of my situation, not let the situation control me. Because when it controls me, I get disappointed because I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And I really wanted to do it. And I think, church, it's time that we got a grip on life. Some of you probably have. Maybe a lot of you have. Maybe it's just me that needed to do it. But um, let's control our lives, not the life control us, yeah, to inactivity. But we need to do the right thing, okay? And Saul had everything about him to be the king of Israel. He was destined for it. It was what God wanted him to do. But did he succeed? No. Before he knew it, the hand of God was taken off him. And he lost the anointing to be the king. And he never fulfilled the destiny. And we know that David became king. But, you know, we live in circumstances and situations whereby if we're not careful... We make decisions or we do things that take us out from under the will of God and our destiny in him and the potential that he 
have we have in him yeah the potential to change to make a difference if we're not careful all right we don't we, we lose sorry i've got a bit tied up we lose okay the destiny that god has for us okay and we can miss out on the beautiful life that god has Okay, the potential is in you, but we need to unlock the potential. You need to unlock the potential. Believe that you're a child of God. Believe that your confidence and security is in him. Let God, as he deals with past, as he reveals stuff to you, let him deal with it. But always make right decisions and grow in him. Don't be a soul where God says enough. You know? And Saul had everything about him. He could have achieved it. I remember one story I used to tell the children when he had to wait on God for something. And he got so impatient, he chose to go to the witch, the witch of Endor. I can't remember what chapter that's in. But the witch of Endor. And he gets his advice from a witch. It's like God says, have nothing to do with witchcraft. Saul, the man of God, gives in because he can't wait. And he goes and does it his way. And just... It's not the way you fulfill all that God has for you. And there are promises over lives in this place. There are promises of God over lives on men and women and boys and girls in this place. And we need to be the body, encouraging one another, standing together, loving each other. We need to build relationships and not be islands. Now, I know a lot of you do mix with others, but some are isolated. Some of us don't get to life group. Some of us go to life group, but we're still insular within that life group setting because we don't trust enough, because we've not trusted God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and spirit, because we're wounded people. We're wounded people, and we need to get a grip on that one. We're all wounded, you know? We've all had circumstances and situations that have caused pain in our life. We might be in situations right now that we just can't stand. We can't stand it. But the only way is up. It's up. It's having eyes that look up, that look to the King of kings and Lord of lords, that trust in him, that you're faithful because he's faithful. You love because he loves. And you do life his way, not your way. Don't restrict the presence of God in your life because of your own way of thinking. Let God come. And renew your mind by changing the way you think. How does that happen? It happens when you allow God to fill you with his spirit. That is the way you can live for him and not yourself. In Galatians, it talks about the sinful. Let's read it to you. Here we go. Let me just read this. Um, Romans 1, 17. And this is, we all have the good news. We all have knowledge of the good news, okay? This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. It's through faith that a righteous person doing the right thing, right living, okay? Being obedient to God, all right? We have life, and I think we all desire that life. 
Galatians 5. Martin talked last week about praying in the power of the Spirit. And I think he mentioned living by the Spirit's power. Unless you did, didn't you? You didn't you? Didn't you? So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you could, if you would, close your eyes while I read this. And let the Spirit of God, not Ellen's voice, but let the Spirit of God touch your spirit this morning. So I advise you to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The old sinful nature loves to do evil, which is just opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting with each other, and your choices are never free from his spirit, free from this conflict. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are no longer subject to law. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. Sexual immorality, pure thoughts, impure thoughts, eagerness for for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activity, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, The feeling that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Here, there is no conflict with the law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or irritate one another or be jealous of one another. Six, uh, Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Don't be misled. Remember that you can ignore God and get away. You can't ignore God and get away with it. You will always reap what you sow. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest the consequences of decay and death. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessings at the appropriate time. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to our Christian brothers and sisters. Martin finished last week. I think he talked about remaining. Did you talk about remaining? You did, remaining in him. John 15 to John 15. One of my favorite, favorite. Chapters. Jesus, the true vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that, pro- that doesn't produce fruit. 
and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. He will have already been pruned for great, greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you stay joined to me and my words remain in you, you may ask any request you like and it will be granted. My true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey me, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here is how to measure it. The greater love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. You are my friends if you obey me, if you obey me. I no longer call you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Now you are my friends, since I have told you everything the father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. I command you to love each other. Last year... Bill really pruned hard the Bramley apple tree that this year has given us so much fruit and so much healthy fruit, so much healthy fruit. I remembered um, a couple of weeks ago looking out here, and I don't know if it's still there, but it is. There's one of the apple trees, and it's um, been broken. The branch, you can see some of you, if you look out there, you can see it ripped away from the main trunk of the tree the branch is ripped off and where that's ripped off it's all going it's bad and it's rotting and uh, the fruit on it is rotting and um, I think that's very important uh, in, a, in, in a word for you and I is to to remain in him because if we remain in him we will bear much fruit healthy fruit but if we rip away, tear away from the vine and do it our way, it becomes rotten. Life isn't as good. Life has got so many issues and problems. Now, our heads will tell us, will that be there anyway? <laughs> but the, the truth of the matter is, is to stay faithful to him. Yeah? Stay, remain in him. And some of us here have got, well, we're all different. We will all have situations in our life that are good. We'll all have situations in our life that are tough and we'll all have some, some of us will have situations that's pretty downright horrible. But how do we get through it? We get through it by totally and absolutely trusting in the Father, being obedient to his ways, not doing it our way so that we can fulfill the call of God on our life and be so very, very fruitful. Saul lost it, Okay. God wasn't having any of it. There was no way God was going to allow him to fulfill the call of God on his life, which was to be king and king of a nation because he chose to do it his way. So three words, love, 
remain and joy. And it's in the it's in the um, loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and spirit. As we remain in Him, we'll experience much joy, much joy. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I think the one thing that we can we can do sometimes is um, is rebel. Rebel because God's way is not the way we would like things. <laughs> and that's when we get all muddled up and lose the life that God has given us. Okay, And to gain life, we have to lay down our life. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And I think today's a day where you and I can make a decision to whatever it takes, whatever decisions we have to make, whatever choices we need to make, Let's make it for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because your Father loves you. He's designed that you would bear much fruit, but you have to remain in Him. You have to remain in Him and you have to allow Him to be the gardener of your life. And when He reveals things, let it go. At some point, let it go and let Him before He does what He did to Saul. We live, don't we, in, through the work of Jesus in grace. No condemnation, all right, for those that are in Christ Jesus. Okay? So, I think God, these days, gives us so many chances to be refined, yeah? To be built up, to be encouraged. And I think if some of you thought about the second chances you've had, you've probably had 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 second chances. 50 chances. But God in his grace and his mercy chooses to love you with all of his heart, mind, soul, and spirit. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you with every fiber of his being. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he wants us to return that love by doing what he says do. So remain in his love. Stay close to him so that you can build your life on the solid foundation. You can communicate with him day in, day out. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. If you listen to him, you need to learn to hear his voice and take on the challenge when you don't like what you hear to follow through because you'll be blessed, because you'll be doing the right thing. Okay? And it's doing all of that that you love well. You love well. And you do the most wonderful of the fruits of the Spirit. They're all amazing. But right in the middle is the thing I believe Jesus was. Every day of his life, he was kind. He was kind. And I think you and I need to be more kind than we've ever been. We're so quick to anger, so quick to rubbish, so quick to talk about something we should never be talking about. We need to come back. And align our hearts, minds, soul and spirit with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And do what is right. Remain in him so that he'll remain in you. And we will see amazing things happen in our family lives, in our workplaces, in our church. 
there is so much more that you in this place could do. Because so many of you come in and isolate yourselves. Some of us watch and you sit with the same people. You talk to the same people. And it's okay for a season. But at some point, we as individuals have to grow in the knowledge of God. And as we grow in that knowledge, we need to break out of what we're securing, our own company. And we need to love as Jesus loved. Yeah? And we're not really good at that sometimes, especially if we're having a tough day. Okay? So think on it. Think about you. Think about your heart. Think about your life. Think about what you live for. Think about what you're dreaming of. And be determined to see the dream come true. But the way you see your dream come true is by going through whatever you face with a right reaction, with a right heart, doing it the right way. I was sat, I think it might have been Flav in my car the other day, or I don't think it was the grandchildren, I think it was Flav. And I think I was driving in, and um, and um, I found myself doing something that I do sometimes, and that is think back. Think back. Can we do a song, Martin? Um, think back to what used to be here. This wasn't here. This wasn't here. We used to exist as church in a little rented building. Um, And uh, when we came into this building with 40 people, right, this was a laboratory. Next door was a laboratory. It was half the size. Uh, The kitchen was part of the laboratory. That place there was a big walk-in fridge that you might see at your butcher's there where the doors are. Down the other end, the big room where the nursery is was um, several rooms, wasn't it, Linda? Several rooms. Upstairs in the blue room, it's one room, was two rooms. And this place was not what it is today. And because of dreams and because of destiny, we decided with you to do some things. And Bill and I, you might, because some of you enjoy this now, what it is, and not realize the past. But to get to today, there's been an awful lot of grafting, an awful lot of pain, and an awful lot of sacrifice, of time, of money, so much we have to trust God for. Because when you follow him, and you're just so determined to see his will and purpose come to pass, you take whatever comes your way. Because no matter the cost, you'll fulfill his purposes. Hence the reason today... We have a brilliant nursery that impacts a county, impacts a town and a county. We have an incredible coffee shop that impacts lives. And maybe some of you don't even go there because maybe you don't, I don't know why. But you know, it's a place, it's a safe place. All right, it's a good place. It's a little gem in the center of a town that is dying. And that God has given us the privilege with, re- with re- um, reputation and relationship with our county, we've had that ability to see it come to pass. What do you dream of, church? Men, women, Francis, little ones, younger ones, you're not little, but younger. What do you dream of? What do you dream of? How's it going to happen? Huh? You think you're going to click your finger, wave your wand, and it's going to come to pass? No, it takes surrender, 
takes sacrifice. It takes a lot of love when you don't want to love. It takes a lot of forgiveness for the times you'll get stabbed in the back. But who do you live for? People? Are you people pleasers? Or do you live for the Father? The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Huh? Who do you live for? What do you want to see come to pass? Don't do it Saul's way. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. Do it Jesus' way. Let's stand, can we? Let's stand. Maybe you can determine, right now, just before Martin leads us, maybe you can determine what you sense you need to be responding to this morning. Can I ask you just to close your eyes for a minute and just listen? Just listen. Listen to your spirit. Listen to the spirit of God in you. What's right? What's wrong? What's okay? What needs to stop? What do you need to push out in? What do you need to stop doing? What's God saying to you this morning? just want to thank you Jesus for all that you're doing in our lives and I pray Father that uh, I hope I've communicated something of what you would want communicated to us this morning and Lord for the things that are truth and right and Father God for the hearts of people here and my heart Lord I pray that we would only respond to your voice today that Father will choose to lay down what needs to be laid down that we'll choose to pick up what we need to pick up, that we'll make the choices that we need to make because of you, not us, because of you. And I pray, God, that righteousness will reign and rule and that because of what we're choosing to do today, Father, we're even more aligned with your plans and your purposes, that, Father, we would truly see we would be an individual or a family or a group of people, Father, that will see your kingdom come in a community even more than we have to this point. God, help us today to surrender all. Help us today, Lord, to bow the knee if that's what we have to do. Help us, Lord, to not just know that you're our saviour, but to make you Lord of every area of our lives, Lord, if that's what we need to do. Father, for those that are sad, maybe grieving, Father, I pray, God, that even in the pain of all of that, that they would hear your voice. Father, I thank you that no matter where we're at, no matter how we feel, you're so close to us and you never leave us or forsake us. And you desire to be a good, good father to us. And all you want us to do and be is obedient to you and trust you with every air of our life and especially our heart. So God, have your way. Have your way in all of our lives here today. Maybe as a sign and a symbol for you, just hold out your hands if you're someone who is responding to some of what's being said or done. You know, just hold your hands out. Do something different. Just let him be, God. Let him be, God, in your life, in your situation. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in our hearts, mind, soul, and spirit. Thank you, Jesus.
bless you, bless you, bless you. This is how I fight my battle.